Let's wind back to 1983. Mario Brothers was released on Nintendo and the first mobile phone was sold by Motorola. At the same time, Scott Cook was watching his wife trying to balance the books at home in California just using paper. Remember, everyone in America has to file tax returns. Scott decided to do something about it, creating a software called Quicken, which made his wife's job much easier. In 1992, QuickBooks was born, and the company behind it, which Scott founded, was called Intuit. Wind forward to today, Scott is a billionaire, and QuickBooks is the biggest financial management software in the world. The reason that they're number one is they make it really easy for companies to take care of their finances, from sole traders to enterprise and growth-minded businesses in between. So, If you want better control and visibility of your company's finances, from invoicing to forecasting, then head to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. That's quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. There's a link in the show notes. Over the course of, I think it was two years, I employed more than 30 people. It just was this constant revolving door of take staff on, staff leave out the other door, staff come in, staff leave, staff come in. And it was just this constant juggle. My first two employees... One of them lasted over a year with me, the other one lasted a week. Literally, the first week, something happened with his family, disappeared, he stopped showing up. It was that, just was kind of my experience from then on. That's Hayden Bloomfield talking about his grounds maintenance company. At its height, he was leading a team of 10 and turning over 25 to 30,000 pounds a month. So, why did the business fold? Why couldn't he stop his staff from leaving? From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. We're doing this because we learn a lot more from failure than success, but we hardly ever hear about it. We're changing that with the help of entrepreneurs like Hayden sharing their worst moments. Hayden started his business when he was 21 years old. After getting some experience with a gardener, he saw an opportunity to build something for himself. Business became his one focus as he started scaling quickly. Luckily, I was part of a business network where I was surrounded by people that had been in business for years, for decades. So I knew literally every week I was seeing a HR consultant, every week I was seeing a lawyer, every week I was seeing solicitors. I was just where I was networking so much. So I had these relationships with people that luckily I could go to them for advice when it came to employing my first team members I'd spoken to all of them I had the HR person like create a handbook for me create the contracts for me so I knew what I was doing in essence and I had a 17-step process to employ someone if if someone was going to follow that process and actually fill in the forms show up to the trial shift blah blah blah. if somebody did that even if they were like okay I'd be like I'm stuck with options I'm going to employ them so that obviously didn't help as well I think that was a a thing with scaling. I was trying to grow so quickly that I was able to get the work in that I was just like, right, just take people on, take people on. Hayden had a strict idea of what he wanted his company to be and asked a lot from his employees. I wanted the day to run perfectly. I wanted the most efficient garden business on, on the planet. And so any little mistake I was always really focused on. And I think I was definitely... If if five things went well and five things went wrong, even though like your human psychology will focus on those five things that went wrong, but I probably did put too much attention on like, right, these have gone wrong. We need to fix them. That's gone well. Yeah, brilliant. Well done anyway. And so like, I had a spreadsheet of everything that went wrong in the day and like with the date, the specifics, who the individuals were and what the solution was, how we avoid it in future. So I was really focused on fixing those issues. But I think 
equally now when I look back I should have made more efforts to recognize the things that went well and if it did if a day did go I suppose to me standard was day goes smoothly with no mistakes no issues if there's any mistakes or issues even if it's down to the client that's not good enough being I don't know older wiser whether I am or not but I would look at that more as saying there's going to be mistakes it's humans dealing with humans dealing with humans plus it's a game of Chinese whispers I'm talking to a client I'm talking to my staff and then the staff are going to the client. There's going to be all kinds of missed dialogues there. And so if there is mistakes, accept it. It's going to happen. No one's going to be perfect. We're all human. And I, I just wasn't really willing to accept that. With tensions high in the team, staff were leaving. Some just failed to turn up for work. Instead of working on the bigger picture, Hayden found himself fighting fires daily. And honestly, I was just every single morning, I would wake up. First thing I had to do was check my phone. Has anyone called in sick? And then I did have a couple of employees that I had at times where I would have to get ready, get my uniform on to go out on the tools. And then at half seven, I knew that they wouldn't be on time if they were going to be here. And then it might, I'd have to wait around till eight. If they had showed up, that means they were going out. If they hadn't showed up, I'd have to go out. And it was probably, it was literally a roll of the dice of whether I was going to have to go out and cover or whether they were going to be going out. When it came to like, I'm desperate, I had like friends come and help me. I had my sister help me quite a lot more than she should have been. My girlfriend, even uh, the lady who worked for me in the office admin, there was times when she came out and she's out at like 6, 7, 8 p.m. on a job because we're trying to get it finished and completed on time. And I did try and open up dialogue like hugely. I had a, I called it the bug box. I forgot what it was called the other day. I had this thing in the yard that was called the bug box. And I was like, anything you don't feel comfortable saying to me, write it down on a piece of paper, put it in the bug box. If you don't, if you don't want to say it in front of people, if you don't want to say it to my face, can be anything. Literally, I would rather you say something, even if it's rude and offensive and you're literally swearing at me, I would rather you say that and put it in the box because then I've got the honest truth. And I think it was used twice and it was like someone wanted a tool that they'd said to me about and someone wanted sugar for the tea, for the kettle or whatever in the yard. And I also did on a Friday afternoon before they left, I'd just be like, before all of you, while you're unloading, just one by one, come in the office, tell me two good things for the week and two things that could be better. And they knew they was doing this every week. And often every week people would walk in and be like, uh, I don't know. And oftentimes people would struggle to be like, what could be better? And yet people were still leaving. So I was trying to open up that dialogue. And we also had, I uh, called it Cake Club. Once a month we would do Cake Clubs. My mum would bake a cake. She's a really good, really good baker. And we'd sit down for like an hour or something. They'd all come back and we'd just go through. I kind of, I would have an agenda, but I wanted to more get the guys talking and see what they wanted to discuss. If they had an issue with health and safety, if they had an issue with a specific tool, whatever it was, I wanted to go through what they wanted to discuss. And so that often led to meetings around health and safety, meetings around policies, meetings around all kinds of things that we discussed. But I was always trying to open that dialogue and sometimes it felt good, sometimes it felt like terrible. Like they'd give me all this feedback, they'd leave. There was a few times at the yard where like, I was just, everyone had gone home and I was just laying on the floor, just like, oh, how am I gonna deal with all of this? Eventually, Hayden lost all his staff and had to give in. He still does garden work part-time, but it's just him and he has no plans for building his business again in the future. Managing people is something lots of entrepreneurs struggle with, and it can be so hard to know what to do to make relationships with your staff better. Looking back, Hayden says he should have been more realistic about what working in his business was going to be like. I was trying to paint this shiny picture of like, this is the garden company, here's our ethos, here's our vision. And I was kind of like anything negative, like every job's got negatives. We ha we're outside and it's England, therefore it's going to rain more days than it's not. Didn't want to put that on the job ad. 
I was more focused on being like, here's what we're looking for, determined, here's our values, we're committed, blah, blah, blah. And now when I rethink, I should have painted more of a picture of like, this job is outside, this job is difficult, we are determined, this is a startup, therefore it's gonna be crap. But if you wanna devote a year or two of your life, you will see the rewards for it. We will all work together, we'll build a team. It will be full of mistakes, it will be full of tough days, more tough days than easy days. And I think if I was painting that picture, it would have drawn the right people in. I think I did make things sometimes so structured, so rigid that it was as if I needed to employ robots and human beings are not robots. And that I think strips a lot of the fun. And it also takes autonomy out. And I think that was an issue. If you've got someone that is really good at what they do and they are able to resolve issues, to give them more recognition of that and to give them more power of autonomy to make decisions. I did try and do that, but I think that's something where I could have been a lot better and just accepted that people were often better at resolving issues than me, which later on the line, I did realize that, but I think it was, again, it was like a lesson learned too late. People would have stepped into my business and been able to run it much better than me and done a much better job. I did, when I was speaking to other business owners, though, it was a recurring theme. I spoke to a lot of business owners that did have staff and then they gave it all up and was like, no, it's just me now. Or I have one or two people now that just help me out as and when, not permanent, not employed, not PAYE, because they're like, I've been there, I've done it. It was horrible. And I had a lot of business owners say that to me and a lot of people that still have staff, they're just like, there's a reason that I'm bald. There's a reason I'm gray. There's a reason like my eyes look like this and it's because I'm constantly juggling. And so I think it's always going to be, I think any business owner you speak to when it comes to staff, it's always a huge challenge. But then whenever you speak to staff and you speak about bosses, often there is this kind of battle of like, who's the, who's the one making all the mistakes. But I think it's just humans. Human beings are very complex creatures and we we're full of different emotions. We're full of, and not only are we full of different emotions, it's different days of different things and different life experiences. And that can be a huge thing of like, I think that's something I wasn't really, I guess, emotionally or mentally prepared for is that you almost do become a little bit of a counselor at times and you, you are taken on staff and they can lose loved ones. They can go through breakups. They can have all of these kind of life changing events. It depends what kind of person you are, but I think now I would love the idea of having like co-founders or having people with equity in the business because then you kind of, it's like your, your soul is part of it and it's it's part of you. It's you, you own part of it. So there's more devotion there and dedication and it feels more collaborative. So I think I'd, it's, I don't want to say that's my advice to have co-founders rather than be a solo founder, but if you're like me, then try having co-founders rather than being a solo founder because I think trying to battle every responsibility on your own can become quite mentally straining. And that I think can hinder your ability to manage and lead people because you are, and as well realizing you are going to be dealing with the challenges every day, like your role, I sp like when I talk to a lot of people, your role as a business owner is just, you have a fire extinguisher, you go into work and it's like, what fire am I putting out? And as the company grows, that fire extinguisher may be growing a little bit, but the fire is getting a lot bigger every day and there's more of them. And so I think if you can have more people with fire extinguishers helping you out, find them. Aidan Bloomfield. Do you have a failure story you'd like to share? If so, we'd love to hear it. Email us on hello at secretleaders.com with a few bullets explaining what happened. This is our bite-sized series on failure and I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta.
Give us a follow on your podcast app to hear more about what we can learn from failure and share this episode with someone you think needs to hear it. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.